This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week, I'm speaking with newly crowned West Highland Way Ultra Champion, Stuart Johnston. Johnston? Johnston? Johnson. Johnston. <laughs> There's two <laughs> Ray Johnstons and Johnstons in my group, mate. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we are just, what is it, 72 hours since the race has finished. So um, yeah, he, he's recovering. He's recovering at home now and he is uh, ready to speak to us all about the West Island Ray and his preparation and running. So welcome, Stuart. Thanks for taking the time today, mate. That's my, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> Relying First on off, your interview skills to guide me through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. There's no real plan or anything. It's just a chat and it'll be easier because we, we know each other anyway. Briefly talk about your background, I think, mate, to get get started with and, yeah, how the ultra running began for you. Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, I guess it was about kind of five years ago now uh, that I started started running. Like, I had ran before kind of sporadically through the years um but it was about five years ago that I started to kind of take it up as a as a hobby um like through university I was a powerlifter um kind of competing in powerlifting I was very um very average at that um and uh kind of get fed up with that after a while and um started uh, going Monroe bagging and kind of doing a lot of hill walking. I was just kind of really enjoying being out of the gym and, uh, you know, kind of seeing the world. Um, and um, I, was, I was out on a kind of weekends camping and hiking trip with a mate. And uh, it was this, it's kind of like 40 kilometre route that we did over two days. And we got to the end of the, like the kind of the last Monroe on the second day and we were 
absolutely <laughs> done in. Like, you know, couldn't couldn't have been more tired. And this guy came running up the hill, uh, you know, looking fresh as a daisy and was chatting to us and asking us where we were or where we'd been. And uh, he was like that, oh yeah, that's the route I've done this morning. <laughs> and <laughs> it was just like my like my head just exploded like as as I was watching this guy kind of running away from us so casually. Um, you know, something that we'd kind of struggled through uh kind of over the two days and um and then I'd, I'd seen a few uh, of my friends that had um, kind of been doing ultras and I'd, I'd kind of paid a wee bit more attention to it. Um and, and that really kind of caught my interest and it started to to snowball from from there um and i've just been hooked and enjoyed it kind of more and more ever since so I guess did, did you ever find out who the um who the guy was it wasn't rob sinclair was it <laughs> uh, no no but i was that tired it could have been a, a hallucination <laughs> <laughs> so um but no no i never never found out who who it was so yeah 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 like so when you've got that background of powerlifting and then um, moving into the Munro bagging, what was it that was it? What was it about the running that thought right? I need to. That's that's sparking my imagination more than anything now. Um, I, th- I think it was just the the idea of you know being able to see you know, more of the world and um, kind of do these routes quicker and basically just be able to like pack more into, you know, like a, a day's adventure. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I had I had run beforehand, like, you know, I'd done like a few half marathons uh, with my, my sister Frances and, you know, I'd always like really enjoyed like, you know, doing them and the, the run up to these events. Um, and, I was I was always okay at running. Like I, th- I think I was kind of, I think I'm naturally better at running than I am at you know picking up weights. Um, <laughs> so uh, I I just kind of thought, oh maybe like you know try and get back into it again. Um, and one of my my colleagues, like where I was working at the time, uh, who was a, a triathlete, he gifted me a pair of trainers. He was like that, oh you know I, I can't return these. Um, so do you want them? I know you've been doing a wee bit of running. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I kind of chucked them on and started going, and kind of didn't stop. <laughs> what were the What were the first few runs like? I always like to know. Uh, um, they were They were really difficult. I mean, I I think you know I did I did the classic of like kind of ramping up the distance like way too quickly, um, mm. and I would uh, you know kind of go out like I was I was living in Aberdeen at the time, so I would go and like. Um, you know, run in the D side line and um come back and have to ice my knees because they were they were so sore. <laughs> um but I, I you know as 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 much as it was uncomfortable, like I I just you know, I absolutely loved it and I just loved the process of, you know, lacing up and getting my kit ready and planning what I was gonna eat and what route I was gonna do and um yes, yeah, so it was all just kind of snowballing from from there, I guess. And like you you work as a physio, right? Yeah. And yep. you've got this you've got this powerlifting background so did you feel like you were well equipped in terms of how running worked or was it still do you still going into it like making the same mistakes picking up a few niggles and injuries and things like that um so i i think one of the biggest things i i've got from from powerlifting is you know having having a big strength base like that from doing that for a number of years like i've i've been quite resistant to most injuries and um, I guess mm. most most runners would would kind of pick up early on so I think that was a big advantage at, at the start 
um, you know, just in terms of, you know, the amount of muscle I'd have or tendon strength, bone strength, these sorts of things. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's been helpful within the kind of foundation. Um, and from, from a physio point of view, I mean, anybody that kind of knows me as a physio, like I, I don't like to, to kind of overcomplicate things, you know, I like yeah. to, to kind of focus on the most important things for people. And when it came to running, I was really enjoying the, the simplicity of it, of just, you know, getting your shoes on and, and going for a run. And for the first what, year and a half, like before I started working with you, I was just, you know, reading things in the internet, reading books and, and you know, trying to apply that myself and not not overthinking it. Um, and, and I still don't do that. Like things like running form, I barely think about it. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, I just go and go and run. And, you know, there's small things that I do think about, like we can chat about later, but for the most part, yeah. I just enjoy, you know, lacing up and, you know, going for a run. So. Yeah, I guess like, um, as a physio and you spend all day doing dealing with different kind of well problems I guess when you go out and run you don't want to be thinking about what your foot strike should be like and where your hips should be every time you land in yeah definitely yeah I mean I, th I think it, it it definitely gives me an advantage like when I you know start to feel like wee niggles coming on or you know mm. if I know it's like muscular pain versus tendon pain or you know these sorts of things I can you know I know how to work around it which is definitely a big big advantage but you know as much as I have that kind of sensible kind of clinical physio side to me like I'm also a bit of an idiot and I will run through things and kind of gamble yeah and, you know just just like anybody else would so yeah it's the same yeah as a coach I'm yeah I'll do the same thing like even though I know before the before a session and after a session <laughs> but in the session yeah anything can happen sometimes <laughs> what um so the West Island Ray Race eight six miles what's the climb on it like 96 Gary come on don't, don't 96 miles what did I say 86 <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't take a shortcut <laughs> yeah we trained for 86 miles no 96 miles um the West Highland way what is the climb on it I can never remember um, in feet so I, I think I think it officially says it's like kind of 13,000 14,000 it's about 14,000 like isn't it yeah 14,000 like yeah. feet and yeah. some technical terrain and stuff like that, especially along the lock side. What? When was the first time that that race sparked your interest? Oh, it was it was very it was very early on. Um, so I'd seen um, like some some people like on like on Facebook had like kind of posted pictures. I mean, it must have kind of been around that time. Uh, like my friends uh, Johnny and Rogers uh, ran the race, and, and again I was. You know, I, I knew them from from the gym, um, and I had no idea that they were doing ultra running until I saw these these photos, and my mind was just mm -hmm. blown by, you know, the fact that people were were covering these distances. Um, and I started kind of looking into it, and then I saw a lot of the the kind of classic you know YouTube videos about ultra running, and um, and I one of the things that I, re I really loved about it i still love about it but really kind of hooked me at the start was like all the logistics and planning that goes into these mm. races you know like seeing people with their, their crews at the checkpoints and you know how they kind of get themselves sorted out and what they're eating what they're drinking how they're planning for different sections and all the kit um and that that really got my interest mm. um and 
the West Highland Way is just you know such a, a famous you know classic route in Scotland and um as soon as I started kind of going out and like doing bits of the route I just fell in love with it um and it's still still one of my favorite places to to run um and I think what I, what I love most about it uh, maybe kind of resonate with people that have done the route or ran the race is the, the further you go on the route like the further north you go and the harder you know the race is getting the more tired you're you're getting the more beautiful the route becomes you know everything mm. like the scenery like every time you turn a corner it just like the landscape opens up and everything's just like by the time you get to Glencoe it's just like it's unbelievable so um so it was it was always always a big kind of target race for me that like with an ultra running I think it was in one of our first conversations we had, wasn't it? It was going to be, it was West Highland Way, really. It's um, it, it's funny because like not being, I've obviously never lived in Scotland, but coached people for those races, and it's just it's like I don't meet any runner from Scotland that doesn't know about it. Number one, or doesn't want to run it at some point, whether they're a ten k runner or something like that. It's a little bit like, you know, like when the South Africans were comrades and everything. It's just like that's the race to do. And it's yeah, like yeah. this is the race to do in Scotland, even though it is ninety six miles kind of thing, which is crazy to a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody everybody and even even people that aren't runners, you know, it's so popular for people to, to go and, you know, walk over, you know, a number of days. It's mm-hmm. iconic. Yeah. Um so when what was the first race that you started doing? Like not the ones that you'd like when you started taking it a bit more seriously, and you thought I'm going to run the West Highland Way one day. What was the first race and the first couple of races? So for, first race I did was the D33 in Aberdeen. That was in 2019. I did that, um, mm. and I, I was pretty brutal. It was you know <laughs> freezing, freezing cold, <laughs> pissing rain all morning. Um, and uh i've you know no, never like just didn't didn't know fatigue like it you know even like with all the, the kind of tr- training that i'd done in the run up to it, it was just like after i got across the marathon mark like the last like kind of whatever it was like last six miles or whatever um it was just it was just just crazy how tired i was <laughs> um but get getting getting to the finishing line was uh, just like the best best feeling ever like and it, and it gave me you know a, a sense of um uh, like achievement i guess that i never got from from any other sport or anything like that and i just from from there i just i knew that was kind of what i wanted to per, pursue and gonna do longer races yeah and was it the, was it was it definitely the fact that you wanted to go longer or was it at that point you wanted to go faster or was it a bit of both it was de- definitely longer yeah, I didn't um, like. I didn't have any. Um, I, I don't think I really thought about speed that much then. Um, mm. Like I, I just kind of always wanted to just kind of go longer and longer. Because um, the race after that was signed up for was the, the Devil of the Highlands. So that's the last forty-two miles of the West Highland Way. Um, and again, I didn't have any idea of how long it would take me to to do it um, or any kind of aspirations to try and you know race it it was really just a, a case of i want to finish the, the 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 race and you know kind of have that sense of achievement just from kind of covering that distance um so yeah that that was my kind of my first couple of races and 
yeah, it was really just just about finishing them and kind of enjoying it at that stage. Yeah. What was next, Highland Fling? Uh, so after no, I did. So after after the devil, that's that's when I came on with with you. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, you haven't done that with me, have you? No, I I think no. I did. I did the Len Moore twelve hour, and that that was my first hundred k. And I can't remember whether that it was, was right. you or. Um, and that was that. That was awesome. That was really really cool because, uh, you know, just kind of getting over that hundred k mark. I think I made it with mm. like thirty seconds to spare or something like that. Uh, so that 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 was really cool. Um, and then and then I came on with you for my first Glen Ogle race. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, and I was just exhausted because I'd run too many races. Um, <laughs> and you know. Uh, I think that's probably what you said to me after, like, what were you expecting, <laughs> you know, out of this? <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, that, yeah, I think it was, it was at that point when, yeah, it was, it was Glen Ogle was the first race that I did with you and, and it was starting to get into to structured training um, rather than just, you know, lacing up and running whatever distance I wanted. And I was starting to kind of take things a bit more, a bit more seriously and yeah. It's easy to forget, like when I was, when I, personally when I was getting into ultramarathons, there wasn't the, the opportunity to just race every weekend or every or every month even. So you'd be like, you naturally they would be more spread out, and you'd do trail races or maybe marathons in between. So you could still over race, but there yeah. wasn't like the opportunity to run an ultra every other weekend like there is now. So it's yeah, I have to remind myself sometimes, like when someone like yourself who's progressing, and let's be honest like you're progressing quite quickly but you're still very new to it all so so yes yeah, it's, it's very easy and you you did well very quickly not to just jump into every race you could because um and sticking with the structure a bit better yeah yeah but i, I think what i think the best thing that ever happened to my my running was covid you know, and and you know, as as much as, or, or I should I should maybe backtrack a bit. But the, the the COVID era, you know, let's let's kind of put you know all the, you know, the, the tragedy that went on during those couple of years, like to the side. Um, you know, from from a running point of view, I think it gave a lot of people time to to actually train rather than, mm. than just racing. Um, and and for me, I was able to to put down like months and months and months of, of just training rather than having to like peak and taper and recover and um and and that was really i think quite a, a turning point in my my running training was this was kind of through the, the covid um the covid era you made you managed to stay really consistent through that time really didn't you so and lots of people did and i guess at the, when you came out the other end of that you were probably itching to race i imagine by that time yeah yeah i mean i think i mean it, it it did a huge amount for my my mental health like through covid you know it gave me something that i could that i could focus on and um you know something you know we were still allowed to to go out outdoors and um you know it just kind of gave me a, a sense of you know normality in, in life and something that i could you know focus on and, and enjoy um because we me and my partner marika we were up in Aberdeen and you know relatively isolated up there um you know mm. all my, my family and friends were kind of away from Aberdeen so um it was very important to me to be able to kind of get out the door every day and have something to focus on you know outside of all the you know tragedy that was going on in the world at the time 
And what was the... Because um, I'm trying to think back because, yeah, the training was consistent and everything, but we weren't... I think at one point was the one year where where we didn't know if the fling was going to happen or not, or maybe it, or maybe it was until the last minute, something like that. Was that right? It was maybe not the last it was, minute. Um, it was the the Glenmore Twenty Four. That was the one that got cancelled. That's right. Days before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was that. yeah. So yeah. so everything was still up in the air. That and that was that wasn't that long ago, really, in the in the scheme of things, was it? No, no. So no, I think that was yeah. Can't remember. It's all it's all blur now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was trying to think back. Um, training wise, and like, what were you doing beforehand? The say, let's call it structured training, versus what we started doing, like through through lockdown and and towards the next race. So before, like, what was I doing before I started with you? Yeah, what was the real difference, really? Um. I didn't do anything that hard. <laughs> well, I think I think um, I, you know, I would, I would. It was literally just a case of, you know, kind of deciding what I wanted to to do on the day, and I'd, I'd maybe have a bit of a focus on um, like a long run, maybe at the weekend. I would say, right, I want to cover, you know, twenty miles or whatever. Um, but apart from that, it was all just kind of easy, easy running. Um, which which probably didn't hurt, you know. It's, it's kind of laying no. the foundation. Um, but it was really when I when I started with you, and I, I remember my first session. It was like six times one minute hill reps, um, and uh, you know it was it was very 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 challenging. But I really enjoyed kind of having that that structure, and mm. um, you know quite quickly I was you know looking forward to having those those sessions rather than just the easy runs. You know I was looking for you know something quite challenging and. Um, uh, yeah, so that that was that was the big difference. Like I was having like you know two maybe interval sessions in a week, and then a, a kind of structured long run. Um, you'd have probably um, you'd have taken six times one minutes in the lead up to this race. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was it was the first time it was the first time I saw a progressive run, and I was looking at the, the instructions and. Um, I uh, well, you you know um, Seb, like uh, you know yeah. Seb, and and he came up to Aberdeen, and um, and we we did my first progressive run together, and it was as close to covering yourself in petrol and setting a match. <laughs> like it was just, I couldn't believe how hard it was. Um, but yeah, I, but they're now my like my favourite type of runs. I love hitting, hitting progressives. Is, but yeah. Um, it's a good yeah, sign that you can make a progressive run hard, though, because like, a lot of people don't make it that hard or can't can't achieve that last few minutes of real, yeah, just like like the wheels are going to completely fall off, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a while to get to that point. What was the What was a couple of races that made you think that you're going to go from like just completing the race, like we talked about, like you talked about, to you wanted to get faster and not necessarily compete at the top end but what made you think i'm going to be able to i'm going to push the training and i'm going to push myself in these races a little bit more like i i know from remembering but tell me more a bit, a bit about that it, well I, so so one one of my big goals during lockdown was to to try and break the three hour mark in the marathon um and and i just did that round round aberdeen um and so when I, when I managed to to break the three hour mark, I was like, oh well, okay, I can sustain you know a good pace for a, a long period of time, um, 
and I went into the Glen Ogle when they when they ran like a summer edition of the race, um, mm. and I found found myself finishing in third. Um, quite like, and it, it was it was a huge surprise to me, and like everybody kind of came to support me, like they kind of missed me at the finish. And, uh, and I remember like phoning them up, like asking asking where they were, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like finishing third And they were like, "Really?" <laughs> so, um, so that that Full was confident. Yeah, I know that was that that was that was a big a big shock, and um, and uh, yeah, after after that point, I was like, "Well, you know, I can um, you know hold hold a good pace for long periods of time, and um, and I'd, I'd you know." I enjoyed I enjoyed that like I enjoyed you know doing the distance but also you know covering it quickly and um and then the you know after the race I was you know thinking about how I could you know take a bit of time off here and take a bit of time off there and well if I do this race like maybe I could get this time and yes yeah, so I, I, I thought that was definitely the, the turning point where I started to think that you know I could you know be you know above above average at, at the ultra running. And you had another good block of marathon training to run an actual marathon, didn't you? Because that was, I think that was quite important in the build up to to all these races, having that having that good marathon build up. Yeah, yeah. For that was the yeah, Seville, like we were, yeah, Seville in was it February last year? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, which which I think was you know because the, the training was really good for Seville, and then like the race didn't really unfold. Mm. Uh, too well um, for me but uh, I think what was really important from that and something that I always kind of keep in mind is like I really enjoyed the, the training and you know I, I viewed that as you know a stepping stone to the next one so um, it, you know the fact that it didn't really unfold as, as it planned on on the day it, it didn't really kind of bother me too much like I didn't you know mm-hmm. beat myself up for that in, in the head that in our head that last that year was all well not all about but like the Highland thing was the goal, wasn't it? Really, yeah. and and having that marathon block running up to February was just perfect for it. So, yeah, the yeah. outcome wasn't hundred percent what you wanted, but straight away you were, well, yeah, I'm obviously in good shape for the Highland thing if we can extend that a bit now. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So that was last year. So I, I want to quickly touch on the Highland thing because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's what gave us. Again, from a coaching point of view, that was almost like, well, actually, Stu's ran this in the marathon, and now, like after the Highland thing, it was like, right, how how do we push him on again now? So, and that was the first indication to me it was like it's got real, like real potential to kick on again. Uh, yeah, so, so I think the the thing was another big big surprise uh, to to me. Like the you know the field's always really competitive. Uh, the fling, you know, it's, it's it's an amazing race, um, and it attracts you know a very competitive field. So, um, you know, I knew my training had gone well in the run up to it. I was feeling really good, but I didn't have any real expectations about like a, a placing in it. I was kind of going for going for time, um, and just you know my own kind of personal goals, um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of unfolded as you know I. You know, really great race for me. I think I, you know, paced it and climbed up the pack well uh, throughout throughout the race, um, and yeah, managed to managed to finish fifth, um, which you know I was 
hoping originally to maybe kind of break the top 20 like that was that was kind of my goal so to kind of finish in the top five was um you know a big a big surprise and um a big a big kind of confidence boost for me um so that was yeah that was that was a really cool day yeah definitely that was a race um, i would recommend to anyone yeah so it's a good job you enjoy this west highland way because <laughs> the fling devil islands you do a lot of your training on it it's like yeah. if anyone needs a, a tour guide or someone to sell the west highland way i think <laughs> i think they should get in touch um yeah. and you're not bored of it yet are you because like you yeah we'll touch on it but a lot of the training and the reccees and even the and even the long reps and stuff it's all added up to I mean, you've got the luxury of being able to access it now quite easily, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I live live in Partick in Glasgow, so I can, you know, get to it super easy. It's just twenty minutes away, so very lucky. Yeah. yeah. I guess the hard, well, one of the hardest parts is is just getting into the West Highland Way, isn't it? Is the ballot still quite hard? Yeah. So I, so I had I had a space in twenty twenty and then twenty twenty one. Um, but it, it get cancelled uh, those years, um, and then I went and for it again last year, and um, never never made the ballot. So um, I was just on on crewing duties last year, which I loved. It was brilliant, brilliant day out. Um, but <laughs> it just you know, I guess kind of like stoked the fire even more to to kind of come back this year and you know run run the race. Yeah, that's one of the great things I've seen. It's like. Um, there's you, there's you, and then the group that I coached too. And we should mention that he, he was going well on the day too, and he he, he trained equally as hard as you in the lead up. Um, yeah, and just <laughs> had a rough time of it in the heat and not couldn't get things down. I think in the end. Uh, so yeah, but having that support network, you've got you and the said that you run with a lot, and because I've seen in the other races. You, there's a group of you that all support each other, and you you crewed you in last year and all that kind of stuff. So, has that helped? Because from the outside looking in, it's it's great because you all you all hammering training, you all supporting each other at the races. It's it's good to see. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I think that that's one of the most important things is you know having a good support network around you. You know because you're you're spending a lot of time you know, training and if you've not got the support of everyone around you, it makes makes things really difficult, particularly when it's it's so time consuming. Um and I think that that's something that's maybe kinda of want to touch on is like in the early early parts of the the pandemic, um me, Ewan and Seb were were all kind of I guess kind of getting into endurance training and and we didn't really have anybody to, to talk to about it. Um so we kinda of started a, a WhatsApp group. Um that's uh, called Run Greasy, <laughs> and uh, um, so so we've we've had this this WhatsApp group for what three and a bit years now, um, and it's you know solidified our friendship and support for each other, and we've always like had people to talk to about training and um, you know egg each other on, and like when any of us have had a race you know coming up like we've always been there to to support each other um and that's so important to me like if all all the races were to disappear tomorrow and i still had that like i'd, I'd be totally happy like it's that's you know the kind of most important part to me is is having you know friendships and good experiences come coming out of this and being able to share it with people um and yeah that's that's super important to me so i i owe 
the pair of them everything i guess like all the kind of success i get and this is you know it's, it's super super important to me yeah. i'd um i'd messaged you and after after he dropped out and, and just saying like hard luck mate and because i'd see this tracker slow down going up to glencoe and then uh, and then stopped um yeah and then obviously he messaged back told me a situation and then when i was watching later on um all I saw was him at the finish line for you, like almost like jumping around again. <laughs> so, that was good to see. So he'd made it to the finish line, I think. So what, yeah, and, and, and what people won't have seen on the, the trackers, well, me, me and you and we've ran together for the first 30 miles, like side, side by side. Um, we've even scheduled our toilet stops together and it was um, you know we'd, and, and and we had we had kind of thought we were like oh, you know we're probably going to be together for a really long period of time um so we'd kind of planned for that um and uh up until you know he started to get some some stomach issues like he was looking so strong like i, mm. you know, I think it, it could have been a, a coin flip between the two of us for you know who was who was going to finish ahead um that day like his his training was was awesome in the run up and um it, yeah it was i'm heartbroken for him you know because he did put in so much work but what i will say is the next person that has to race against him when he goes back to an ultra <laughs> is gonna have a job in their hands because <laughs> yeah. it's funny because although i'm coaching you both and you've got you've got you have got different training but then we try and match some of it up on certain days and things like that and it's like i'm thinking because i'm i'm also detached as well because i'm obviously down here it's like are these two just running each other into the ground or is this a good thing <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so they're like we've had that bit of a running joke about the arbitrary miles and just volume yeah. and stuff but it's like it, yeah. but in reality it has been great having both of you push each other but yeah. like sensibly at the same time yeah yeah absolutely i mean like you know we're you know endlessly supportive to each other and you know we want each other to do so well but at the same time we also try to kill each other like we're training <laughs> it's, it's it's like when we when we go out like i'll maybe like on like an uphill i'll maybe like slightly get the better of, of you in the uphill but then as soon as we yeah. get to the downhill he is he's so fast and the amount of times <laughs> i've nearly died trying to chase him down a hill um but we'll compete with everything like last week when we were in the sauna was like, how long were you in the sauna for? I'm like, I'm going to go for a minute longer. <laughs> These things, but it, but it, it all it all adds up like over time to just to just kind of push you along. And um, I've witnessed yeah, it because that run I came up to do with you three, there was you, yeah, you and you yourself and and Seb, and it was meant to be like a, a nice run along the lock. So <laughs> it was like one minute you and it disappear, then you would disappear. It's like do, everyone's doing intervals at different <laughs> things. Like 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 I would feel shit, and then you and it run off, and then you and it feel like shit, and Stu's running off. It's like, it, but but I could see it. Like I could see how it was. Um, yeah, it was good for everyone. It's it's good to have a bit of competition with each other, and then and then all regroup, isn't it? yeah yeah it was yeah it's 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 great fun and and it does you know as much as you need to be sensible with the miles and you don't want to you know push when you shouldn't be it's you know when you're when you're running in a group um you know you, you kind of get dragged along by them um mm. you know like we've done long training runs where you know i felt awful but just by trying to keep up with them you know you get through to the end and if you were on your own you would have definitely you know finished significantly slower so it's yeah 
that's awesome. And I know everyone talks about it in terms of, you know, like a track runner or people doing intervals and doing those shorter hard sessions. It is it is a lot easier if you do have the group, but at the same time, when you're doing those longer, like ultra-specific sessions as well, that makes a difference because you can – it's very easy, and I experience this a lot, when it's very easy to take a bit easy for 10, 20 minutes, say, <laughs> in, a, in a longer – like 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 specific run for, for an ultra but when you've got a couple of you and you're pushing the pace to to what you know you want to be on race day that that makes a big difference i imagine yeah 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 particularly over over the really long distances you're everybody's going to have their their high and low points at at different stages um so you know if you're having a low point or you're you know you're kind of falling off pace a wee bit when the other two people in the group or whatever are, you know, feeling good, you know, they're able to, to pull you along. And then when those roles kind of flip around, you know, you can return the favour. And it does, yeah, really, really helps. Yeah. Good stuff. Right, leading into this race, um, what were the main, I'd say, what were the main kind of things that you, in, let's talk about what you enjoyed in training and what you didn't enjoy too much because, I remember in, in the in the weeks leading up to it, I had a quick look back at your training um, and you and like and to try and predict what was going to happen almost. But from your point of view, what what did you enjoy about the training? What didn't you enjoy so much? Um, or was it just a case of you were just ticking the sessions off to a certain extent and trying to stay consistent? Uh, Difficult one. I mean, I, I, I think it's a difficult one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really just you know enjoy the whole process. Like you know, mm. always enjoy kind of lacing up and getting out for a run each day. Um, there were some some sessions that I definitely dreaded, like the you know the five four three two one uphill sessions on yeah. the, the treadmill, like these sorts of things. Like you know, they were they were really 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 tough. Um, but you, know, you kind of reap the rewards from them. Um. I yeah, I don't think there was anything that I I would say I didn't I didn't like in the run up to it. There was there was one week where I had the shits and training wasn't so fun that week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't I think I would have preferred preferred not doing that, but um it was uh yeah, um o- overall like I, I really enjoyed it and um and I think I think that's something that's super important with ultra running is you're in it for the long term if you want to do well like you know if you're trying to take you know you know half an hour off your time in a course or something like that you're probably looking at you know two years of training to do that and if you don't enjoy consistently going out and you know when it's pissing rain or you know when you're not feeling so good or you've had a tough day at work you know if you're not mm. truly enjoying what you're doing it's, it's going to be really difficult to to do that um and like we'd we'd planned some trips and like long runs on the course to kind of you know get hyped and do reckies and these sorts of things and we always kind of look look forward to to doing them um so that that was uh that was a big part of it as well was just you know running with other people and and getting excited for the race because it was all time coming yeah it was yeah and just just to touch on uh, because it'll be interesting for everyone listening i'm sure tell me what your what your strength training looks like through all this uh, so and so i i guess i, I really started 
knuckling down for the West Highland way in December, I think, when I got my space. So I did essentially mm-hmm. like two training blocks. So the first block was until was kind of December till March. Um and and through that I was doing strength training like twice a week. Um but I was doing a lot of um like kind of pretty or relatively like heavy like leg presses and leg extensions and Nordic hamstring curls and and these sorts of things. Um and I was trying to just keep it keep it simple, you know, like relatively um low volume just because running volume is quite high. So I would maybe do like, you know, four sets of like kind of five to eight reps, like trying to, to go pretty heavy. Um and making sure that everything that I was doing in the gym was was strength focused rather than endurance focused. So instead of doing, you know, four sets of twenty five calf raises, you know, I was making sure that it was, you know, like eight reps and below. So it was really, really heavy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, so, so that, that's, that's what I was doing in the, the, the first block. Um, and then in, in the second block, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of gym workouts. Like I was, mm. I was doing wee bits and pieces. Um, but I, I had to, to kind of make the trade off of the amount of running volume that I was doing. And, you know, as the intensity of sessions was cranking up, um, you know, something would have to give. Um, so the, the strength training kind of went to the, to the side for the, for the last training block. Um, or the, the strength training in, in the gym kind of went to the side in the last training block. Yeah. And, um, the, biggest I guess strength stimulus I got was from all the the downhill reps that we yeah uh, that we had in my, my plan they would uh definitely that's what I was going to mention strong. next is like did, how yeah I was just thinking about you because we that's one of the changes we made was quite a lot of the short downhill reps like 30 mm-hmm. seconds and that kind of thing but we also had like kilometer or even yeah. kilometer long downhill reps yeah um which which is a bit of a change up really than what we've done but yeah, and with you, you know what that course is like beforehand. So I think I think that was one of the big changes as a coach. It's like I'm going to try this. <laughs> There's not too many people that have had that many downhill reps, if I'm honest. But, but yeah, I was confident you could handle them. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think they need need to be used sparingly, but they're you know super effective. And um, I found because I know I know we spoke about this after the like the, I guess like the kind of the first training block leading into West Island Way. Um, so when I ran the the Devil of the Highlands route, just as a, a kind of like time trial, yeah, um, I um, 
when I when I hit the the big downhills, like my quads just weren't feeling you know sore and tired, um, uh, you know when I would expect them to be, and and that was a huge surprise to me. Um, and I remember hitting like it was like the second last like long downhill into to Kenlock leaving, and I was like, oh, I was like my legs really don't feel bad, so I'm gonna I'm gonna really push the downhill here so that. The last half of the race, or the last half of this time trial, was really hard and might be a bit closer to the West Highland Way. But I was like hammered it down the hill, and I got into Kenlock Leaving, and I was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Like, you know, my, my legs feel probably the best they felt all run, and then and then I took off uh, like on onto the last section, and um, so it was, it was after that, like I was like, "Yeah, Gary, we need we need to put more of these in um, to, to the training block," uh, and yeah, def- definitely paid off on. On the day on well, Saturday there, um, yeah. So there, there. If you can strategically put them into your your training block, if you've got a race that's got a lot of runnable downhills, yeah, it's, yeah they're they're a, a game changer, and I don't use that term lightly. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying to everyone quickly go out and do lots of long kilometer yeah. downhill reps <laughs> straight yeah. off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, if you do, don't don't come crying to us too. <laughs> Yeah, this is your chance chance to play your coaching business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or or just injure everyone on one podcast. The, um, I think your longest run, or well, not your longest run, sorry, the last long run was about four weeks out, something like that, wasn't it? So, you you did have that long run four weeks out, and then you, and then it was more about staying sharp. But in in those, in those four weeks, how were you feeling for the race, and what, and start, and just tell me a bit more about how you're feeling and maybe aspirations for the race because we never really talked about placings at all did we we just we kept it quite like you say you you like it quite simple and so do I so it was more get the best out of our training and then see how it goes but secretly what were you thinking um so I I I think in in the last the last four weeks like I, I knew that was Sorry. And um, once once I'd kind of got through that that kind of camp week um that we did, um Yeah. I I, I knew that was kind of like as as fit as I was gonna get. Um like I wasn't really mm-hmm. gonna, you know, get any like fitter in the last four weeks. So it was really a case of just trying to maintain my fitness, making sure that I didn't get injured and, and kind of keeping sharp with some some interval sessions just to kind of keep keep that all going. Um and I guess I kind of switched gears a bit at that point to you know like a lot more um like mental training you know kind of trying to mm. dial in like the sports psychology side of things and um, like doing a lot of you know visualization of you know the race kind of rehearsing that in my head and then starting to you know get the excel spreadsheets out and and planning you know for nutrition and pacing and, and all these sorts of things um and yeah, so that that was kind of I guess my main focus in the the last the last four weeks running up to it. Um, but I think it, it was really interesting this year. Like, it was a very competitive field. Like, you know, there was a lot of awesome runners that you know showed up to uh, to the race this year, and um, I, I I tried to kind of put any sort of placings to the side um, because over that sort of distance, anything can happen. Um, mm. and I just wanted to make sure that I get the best race that I could I could do for me um, and I, I mean 
I was fairly confident that if I had a good day, I could break into maybe the top five and, you know, maybe an outside chance of a podium, but hmm. winning it was, was never, we, we never spoke about that. Um, I never, you know, a couple of people asked me, they were like, oh, do you think you could win it? And it was, it was like a resounding no, you know, I, I just, <laughs> I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't ever something that I, I kind of thought about for, for this year. Um, so, so that was, uh, yeah, that was a huge shock. That was a huge shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um, like you and you and a good at just like you get your training and you just go off and do it. And then if basically if you need anything, you let me know. But that's the only, in those last couple of weeks, that's the only time where I've messaged you both a couple of times just to make sure like you're not doing too much. I Because uh, <laughs> I know what it feels like and I know you were both in such great shape kind of thing. So it's like um, I was ticking off the weeks as well. I was just kind of thinking yeah, I want this race to get started now. And like you, it wasn't about competing really for first, second or third. It was just like, I want this to go well. Because like you say, when you're, when you're in shape, that's one thing. But the distance plus the like the, the weather didn't help people on that day at all, um, I imagine. So there's so much that you have to manage on the day. It's just, I guess you were taking it from the start just running as you at your own race which is I know everyone says that but that really is the best way about it yeah definitely I mean I, I, I kind of always said going into it I just wanted to make sure that I had you know everything that I could possibly be prepared for I was prepared for so you know weather scenarios um nutritional you know options and, and these sorts of things uh, all the way down to you know if I needed to you know change my shoes or you know how all these things were going to work um you know I, I made sure that just like every box that I could tick was was ticked um and yeah that you know really played in my favor on on the day and all these things I guess added up um but we, we did like when we we ran the first section from Mogai to Balmaha we we got to Balmaha, um, one one second per mile faster than scheduled, um, and like we we said to each other, we were like, right, well, we need to like that's how we walked in training, so we need to walk it, and you know, we need we need to eat now, and we we're checking with each other if we've ate and we've drank, and you know, doing all these sorts of things, and um, you know, that was that was really important, and um, it was quite funny at the at the start of the race. I don't know if, if people that were watching the trackers saw there was. Um, uh, after a couple of miles, me and Ewan found ourselves in, in first and second position because a couple of other runners had taken a wrong turn. And then and then they came up behind us, uh, it was, uh, Martin Heggie and Robbie Dunlop, and we recognised the voices and we were like, what the hell are they doing here? Like, I thought they were like miles ahead. Uh, and we were all kind of like joking at the front, like, you know, like, oh, enjoy this moment, boys, you're leading the West Island way and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, uh, so they, there was there was a kind of a lot of back and forth, um, and then when we we both actually ended up like in the lead, I think going into to roar down, we were kind of looking at each other like, what are we doing? Like, have we gone off like way too fast? Like, because because there were so many yeah. awesome runners behind us, we were like, you know, have we just royally screwed this up? Like, it was what was um, what's the start like? Because it's for, I mean, most people know about the race will know it's a 1am start right so what is what is the lead up to that start like and 
and what did you do if anything different than a normal race day because it must be hard about like timing your meals and do you even try and get to sleep and that kind of thing did you how did you approach that um so i i tried like in in the week running up just get as much sleep as i could you know kind of focused on on that um and then the night before I, I stayed up a wee bit later to like 1am and then kind of slept in till about 11 o'clock which was pretty good um and then had a wee bit of a nap later on but not really kind of too much but i wasn't i wasn't too stressed about it because you know by the time you know you get to the start line you know the, the buzz of it kind of wakens you up anyway mm-hmm. and missing one night's sleep isn't really too much of a a big deal and anybody that knows me loves or knows how much i love caffeine so i was kind of <laughs> dosing wasn't that by the gram so it doesn't um, it wasn't too bad uh but, but this the, the start the start's awesome because there's you know um you know so so many people there you know and um it's yeah it's just such a iconic start to a race as well um it was yeah really really exciting um but i was just kind of itching to, to get going and just kind of settle into mm. the, to the run. Um, so there's a lot of nervous energy, but yeah. And was it warm through the night from the start? Because obviously we knew it was going to warm up once the sun came up and all the stuff like that. But how was, how was running through the night? Because I guess some people can tr- maybe make the mistake, or I personally I think it might be a mistake, to try and kind of run a bit faster while it's the night because they know it's going to be hot. But don't think you two did that at all like you say you were bang on plan but yeah. but yeah how did you feel it went through the night yeah i think it, it wasn't too bad um i mean we 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 had kind of spoke about like oh do we try and like bank a bit of time while it's cool um but we just we decided against that and um i guess the, the only kind of adjustment that i made through the night was just um trying to like almost like get ahead with hydration um, mm. you know just because knowing like inevitably I was going to end up you know behind just as it got hard through the day and you know as, as the race went on um, so I drank a wee bit more through the through the night than originally planned and took on more electrolytes um, so that was really just setting myself up as well as I could for when it when it got hot um, and then when I got to roar down I, I switched to like a like a tank top sort of vest thing um just to make sure that i wasn't kind of getting too warm and and that seemed to seem to help um but yeah it was it wasn't too bad through the night there was a there was a couple points where we got a nice a nice headwind um and you could kind of air your armpits Mm. and that was nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um your your crew uh Mm. did you did you have the same crew all the way through the race and how often did you meet up with them yeah, so so my crew, so I had my friend Johnny, my younger brother Robert, and my partner Marika crewing me, uh, and they they were stars of the show. They they ran things like an F one team. Um, I, I was, you know, in and out of checkpoints like so quickly. Like that that's always always the kind of the strategy that I try to take. Like I don't I don't like sitting down and you know stopping. Like it it it, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, so I was I was in and out. Of checkpoints really quickly that they had everything ready and um we had buckets with ice water with sponges so like every time i came through like i could just get absolutely drenched with these and that that made a huge <laughs> difference 
Um, and then Marika would like chase me down the road with like sun cream. Um, <laughs> like, it was really funny when I was when I was coming out of I think it was Kinloch leaving. Um, I was like I think it was quite overcast at the time, and I was like dead set on just getting out of the checkpoint and getting towards the finish. And I was like, no, it's okay. She was chasing me with this like cloud of uh, sun cream. I was like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And she was like, ah, well, you don't want skin cancer, do you? <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that wouldn't be a good thing. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the last thing I heard leaving the checkpoint. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, but have you seen the trophy? I need to go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so they they were they were with me, um, and I you're you're quite lucky in the West Highland way because you can you can see your crew very frequently you know you're mm. apart from apart from the lockside section you know you're seeing them every you know 10 miles at, at most um so you're able yeah. to get you know supplies and if you're well organized you can you know really take advantage of that um and when it when it started heating up as well um Johnny he started like meeting me at the checkpoints with an ice lolly and like shoving it in my mouth um and the, fir- the first time I saw it I was like well I don't know like this wasn't on the nutrition plan but then every time I was getting to a checkpoint I was like give me that solero <laughs> like yeah I was like they were amazing yeah. that's yeah, great um, the um there's some great photos of you and I've used them on my Instagram. So if anyone took them and needs to let me know, just, just ask, but someone sent them me. And, uh, yeah, there's one of your crew, like you say, just dousing you in water, sponges yeah. the lot. And then there's another one with you just like with the remnants of a, like a, it's like a fruit pastel lolly or something, <laughs> just clinging onto it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, what, was it at Inversnade that you took the lead, like outright lead? Yeah, which yeah. which there's still a lot of running to go, and when you've not been in that position before in a race as big as this before, what was your initial thoughts of like, and how did that kind of come about when you went out on your own? Um, so yeah, when I when I got into Timber Snade, I think I was third, um, and I managed I managed to get myself out of there quickly. Um, because I just needed to refill a bottle, so I then you know kind of went into to first at that point. But I had a you know Martin Hagen and Kyle Gregg on my heels, um, and 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 I'd been through the the first kind of lockside section with with Kyle, and um, and when we were on like the the really technical bits, like the really rough bits of lockside, we weren't too far away from each other. But then as soon as it went flat, like he just disappeared. Like, you know, you would, you would blink and he was, he was gone. Um, and uh, so, so when, when I left ahead of him, I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, it's, you know, he's, he's going to come absolutely flying up behind me. Um, or like when it gets like past Ben Glass and it's, it's a lot more runnable, like, mm. I'm absolutely screwed. Um, but I, I tried to just not look behind me too much. And, um, but it, it, it was definitely, it, it felt like a lot of pressure, like kind of being, mm. you know, at, at the lead of the, the race and particularly a race like the West Highland Way and having so many good runners behind you. Um, there was almost, or, or, no, I know there was, there was a bit of me that wanted someone to come up behind yeah. me and, and like take, take the lead and have someone to chase. And, um, 
because because it was it was quite 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 anxiety interesting actually yeah like to, to mm. be at the front and um yeah yeah it was quite quite a strange strange experience that especially when it ended up being for what about 10 hours or something it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of time to be looking over your shoulder kind of thing yeah. really um yeah what were you getting any info from your crew or any time from from the checkpoints or anything like that yeah so i i think it was when i got to when i got to tendrum um like i knew that i'd created a, a bit of a gap um mm. But the the thing is, like everyone that's experienced and you know running the West Highland Way, you know says, you know you need to get to Tindrum with with legs to run, and if you've overcooked it, like you know you're you're absolutely screwed. Um, okay. And I was I was feeling quite good at that point, but because I was up front and I've created a gap, I was like, oh, like is there someone that's you know get marathon fresh legs <laughs> like about to you know kind of come up behind me. Um, so uh yeah so i, I kind of tried to, to hang on to to that gap and there's a very runnable section from from Tindrum to Bedjavorki um and i i just tried to to kind of get a bit more of a gap like through that through that section and um you know my crew were telling me like you know you need to put the foot down here and then um you know try and try and bank a bit of time um but what i found out afterwards was like they were lying to me, like how far behind second place was. Like I was totally like, oh, he's like two k behind you. Like you need to put the foot down. You need to put the foot down. Um, but then I think I, had, I think at the last checkpoint I had up more than good bit more than two k. Um, so, yeah, but it was quite hard to tell on the tracker. Like it's the gaps stayed pretty consistent for a long time. So so yeah, you were although you were leading and running well, the guys behind you were staying consistent in in yeah. the gap. And it was only yeah. later on that it did look to extend. And then there were, like there was a there was a moment where within the last five or six K it is I don't know that. I, I mean I kinda of know the area, but your tracker just stuck and um who was it in second? Uh, David was Ward. Guy in second. Dave, Dave yeah, David yeah, Ward yeah. was. It was like creeping up on you, and it was. What I know now is that your tracker had like it must have lost signal in the in the forest or whatever it yeah. was, because, oh, that's what I hoped it was, because it just stayed there for a long time. It was either you're injured <laughs> and you've <laughs> dropped, or it's it's just out of signal. Yeah. And uh, the fact that on the map it looked like a forest, but I was like, I hope it's just gonna. I hope it's just out of signal. And then you popped up, like literally two k from the end, and it was like I was honestly I was pacing around, but like the back garden, <laughs> thinking, is it what is got what is going on here? What is going on? Where is he? And then it popped up, and it was like, oh, everything's okay. <laughs> and it was, and it was, and then the same thing happened to Dave's tracker. So it was just a bit of a black spot on the trackers. But yeah. Um, yeah. That that left a bit of excitement just for the last few minutes, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Such such a tease. <laughs> I know, yeah. What was it like um in that in that last, I guess, from Tindrum, because I imagine that's when it gets tough and it's tough because you're leading, but the but just tough because the pace is slowed and were you still able to get nutrition on or or was you, were you, and did you feel okay? Because I've briefly talked about it since, but how were you feeling in that running? Sorry, I, I lost you. Lost you there. Sorry, mate. I was just asking about like after Tindrum when mm -hmm. we know it's going to get hard. 
how are you feeling? Because obviously the pace starts to slow a little bit. Were you still able to get nutrition on? And I've spoke to you briefly about the fact that you tried to stay just controlled more than anything. You didn't push it too much. But how how were you feeling edging closer to the finish? Yeah, I, I mean, once... I, I, I kind of knew that once I got to, to Tindrum, um like I, I kind of almost felt like that was like my mm. kind of part of the race, like because I because I know that that section so well, um, and I, and I ran it, um, you know, I'd run that whole section as as a uh, like back in in March, um, and you know I knew that there was plenty of runnable sections um, that I could you know try and like do well on, um, so I was trying to you know keep it keep it controlled, but you know, run every bit that I that I could, um, and any kind of chances to to pick up a wee bit of time, I was I was trying to take them. Um, nutrition wise, it, like I think I was really lucky um, on on the day. Like I didn't have any GI issues. Like you know, my stomach was was fine. You know, I had one toilet stop, um, and. There was a couple, a couple of points like I had a bit of a, a stitch, but I think it, it was just behind on fluids a wee bit. So, um, mm. I just, you know, drank drank a bit more and it kind of cleared up. Um, but I was I was you know fortunate on the day that um, I didn't have any major issues. Um, and there was some small adjustments to, to what I was doing. Like I wasn't really eating much solids, um, so I, I had. Uh, like rice balls and these sorts of things. Like I was, I was managing to yeah, get a yeah. bit of them in, but for for the most part, it was it was just a case of like fluids and gels and just just getting them down me. Um, and yeah, that that all kind of went went smoothly from that point of view. Yeah. And um, running into Fort William, kind of thing. Obviously, I assume I may I assume you probably knew that unless you kind of fell under a bus that was it you won the race were you able to enjoy were you able to enjoy that last couple of kilometers I mean or was it still panic stations um yeah uh, yeah and and coming back to almost like civilization does anyone is there anyone out watching for for, for the winner coming in and all yeah tell us what the finish was like yeah um so that what, what you just said there that last point like was it was actually something that I quite liked. It was because you don't have you don't have a race number on like during the West Island mm. race. So there was there was loads of um, you know tourists out like doing the route and like loads of people you would pass and and they just like they had they had no idea that no you clue just, yeah yeah that you just ran from Glasgow. So you would you would just get like a you know, hello like just kind of like it's normal and and that like I don't know I, I really liked that um, that it was just so kind of casual it was just like just kind of ran past and uh, you know said hello <laughs> like you know any any other day uh but the I, I kind of coming out of Kenloch leaving to the last checkpoint at Lundavra um I tried to to run that as, as hard as I could just to, to kind mm. of make sure that I, I didn't get caught um but when I got there I, I knew that I had um like plenty of time in, in the bank and, and I'd secured the win um and I, it was kind of at that point I said, well, you know, that's a really beautiful part of the course. So I'm gonna like look around a wee bit because the whole day I just I just had my head down and was was focusing on on racing. Um, and I thought, well, 
you know, I paid 120 quid for this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my money's worth. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kind of like enjoyed enjoyed that that section. And then um, the last the last three three and a half miles, you've got a really long downhill um, that that was incredibly uncomfortable on the legs. Um, you know, the, mm. the, all those downhill routes that we did did not save me for that section. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, a, when, I, when I got to the top of the hill, I actually took like a, a deep breath before going down <laughs> it. Um, just knowing that I was like, you're in for a very uncomfortable 20 minutes, Jerry boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, once, once I got to, you know, the, the car park at the finish, it was just like it was just overwhelming um because a lot of like my i knew like my family were were going to be there and and, and my crew and you know obviously all the um you know the, the volunteers for for the race um but i had uh like some some of my friends had surprised me like they'd kind of been watching and they came up from glasgow uh and seeing them at the finish was was crazy oh, okay. um and then um like one of my uh, my friends, um, Aiden, has uh, his um, his his parents uh, had been tracking me, uh, and and they they came up to the to the finish, um, and. Um, no rush, mate. Unfortunately, uh, a couple of years ago, um, we 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 lost Aiden very suddenly, um, and he he was my best friend since primary one at school, and uh, he um. It was always so supportive about things that was anything I was doing in life, and uh, he um. So I've got, I've got my hat for the the Fitzroy hires. Um, some people were kind of asking about that, and um, it's got a long story short. Aidan started the, the Fitzroy Harriers uh, running club when he was when he was in Melbourne, um, and uh, after he died, his, his parents to keep his legacy going got a bunch of merchandise made and uh me and uh, my friend dominic that, that does triathlons and these sorts of things we kind of try and keep that going uh in his in his memory and um so that that's that, that was something that was kind of giving me a big a big push throughout the race mm. um, and but yeah getting get to the finishing line and um and, and seeing them there just like it just like made 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 it just it was just everything to me it was brilliant yeah. it's overwhelming isn't it because you're already tired and it's like <laughs> yeah um yeah, yeah it's, so it's great of them to make the trip up and and support you though at the same time and um, yeah they must yeah. have they must have loved loved seeing it yeah 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 so that's so that, when you that, went into go on yeah that, that that meant a lot it was just yeah Super. So glad, glad, I, glad I didn't screw it up for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, 
the run into the hall. Obviously, uh, you have you have the unfortunate um, circumstance to run in when it's probably as empty as it can be. I imagine <laughs> before all the other runners start streaming in. But um, what was the first feelings? I've seen your interview, and like you say, you were just a bit overwhelmed with with finishing winning the race. Was it? Having been there in the odd, in, in the same position on the odd occasion, was it just relief because from from leading that long and getting over that finish line, or how were you feeling that just after the finish? Oh, um, just, just um, I think just just content, you know, just just happy, just um, yeah, relief, uh, just every every emotion, I guess. Um, I. I um, and and I think disbelief was the the biggest thing, you know. Like I said said in the the interview, like I just uh, you know th- this was this was the race that's always kind of like motivated me the the most in in ultra running, and to come and win it on my first crack was, you know, not something I'd ever ever kind of dreamed of, and um, yeah, that was that was pretty. Uh, pretty overwhelming in itself and but yeah I was just like just super happy and um like I, I actually felt really energized at the end just by you know everyone kind of <laughs> yeah. being there and you know that that was that was awesome um but yeah give, give it half an hour and my um my wee brother was <laughs> helping helping me in for my second shower after I'd spewed everything up <laughs> so it was a real it was a real fall from grace <laughs> Yeah, the initial yeah. adrenaline runs off, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then was, that was funny. Everyone that's been supporting you, they wanna they wanna knock off as well. So they're like, come on, Stu, get in the car, I'll go in. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So, um, yeah. I've got some questions, mate, for my asked on Instagram. So I, before I forget, I don't wanna I don't wanna miss them because I won't keep you much longer. But Sorry. let me just quickly get them. The um, so James from the from the House Running Club, uh, James Bezen is asking. Well, we kind of answered this. Did you have the intention of doing so well beforehand? Uh, I, I def- definitely had the intention of doing well, but not not winning. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got um, two or three questions about the midge situ- situation. Oh yeah, um, how are the midge? How are the midges? Oh, it it was horrendous see um <laughs> when we were running like the particularly the section um between balmaha and roar down um there was one point like we were running with our heads down like because the midges were like it, it, it mm. there was millions of them and they were getting in our eyes that like, we were having to like stop and like claw our eyes to get get the midges out it was it was unbelievable um they weren't they weren't so bad like kind of later on in the race or didn't notice them so much but at, at the start like kind of round about like three four a.m. they were absolutely <laughs> horrendous so um, <laughs> probably probably made up yeah. the bulk of my calories <laughs> just eating yeah. eat as images <laughs> yeah the um yeah that's just part of it isn't it you're not going to get away with it at that time of year but uh, no. the uh, Kevin's asking what is um. W- will you go back to the race again? Yeah, I think I think it, at some point. Um, you know, that's, that's something a lot of people were asking me over the weekend was like, you know, will I be back to 
defend my title yeah. next year and um, straight away you've just just refinished. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Uh, but no, no, next next year I'm not I'm not planning to, to race it again next year. Um I um you know, one of the biggest reasons I you know do this is to to see the world and you know experience different races. So I'd like to um to go and do some other races next year and and then uh, like you know maybe in a few years time go back to the west island way and try and take a dent out my time um that would be cool um but yeah next next year i'll happily go and support people and crew and you know be part of the weekend in a different way yeah but then yeah the um at least i don't think you have to worry about the ballot next time <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, Johnny is asking last one from this what is your bucket list trail race then just to match up to that if you've got one uh, the dragon's back I think the dragon's back yeah but um, yeah dra- dragon's back so it's I'm ho- hoping to maybe do that in a, a few years time um, if I can sell an organ Um <laughs> <laughs> to, to the dragon's back that'd be cool um but yeah i'm hoping um i'm hoping next year i'd, I'd like to to go and maybe do some races in in europe um i'd you know really like to go and do one of the big races where you know it's attracting a lot of you know professional runners from around the world and you know kind of testing things against you know people at, at that level you know not expecting to come anywhere near them, but just kind of, you know, I think that would be a, a good motivating thing to, to try and push myself. Um, so yeah, go 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 to a big race where I'll get more handed to me. That sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, finishing. Yeah, I won't finish one hundred. <laughs> yeah, I won't ask you what is immediately next. You can tell me that when you've had a rest, mate. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing I'm going to ask you is. Yeah. How was it going back to the to the presentation and and that experience when everyone's picking up their that what do they get again? Remind me. Yeah, it's like a like a, a goblet, um, like a glink goblet. And, yeah, yeah. So like everyone glass. and everyone goes back to the hall, and obviously we haven't we planned for you to do well, but maybe not lift lift the winners' trophy. So how how was that whole experience? Um, I imagine it was quite surreal, to be honest. Oh yeah, it was. Like um, I saw uh, the video you sent me, and you were just uh, swigging a big bottle of water. I was thinking you must be dehydrated. <laughs> so bad, it was so bad. It was like a massive leak. Well, what was it like? A five liter or something? No, I was just. Yeah. I'm just really small. It was only a two liter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 was you know that that's, I think one of the, the you know the most important parts of the, the West Highway race is the you know the presentation that they that they do at the end, um, and um, I think it's so important and you know brilliant that everybody gets their gets their moment up and you know up in the stage and you know gets their gets their clap and um, and you know it was a real privilege being able to present the. You know the the final goblet to to Linda, who was like the last the last finisher, and um you know she really got the you know the recognition that she deserved. You know being out there for you know such a long time and you know hammering away at the course and um you know that's a really important part of the the whole event. So that was that was really cool. Um, 
it was nerve wracking. Like my my hands were were so clammy. Um, so like when I got handed all this stuff, I was like, it was like falling out my hands, and I was like, you know, <laughs> fumbling about like an idiot. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so um, but yeah, stand, standing there in my slippers. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was cool. But it was it was very very surreal. Yeah. Good. Um... Yeah. Good stuff, mate. I'm going to let you go and recover now and uh, get some food in you, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Good, mate. Thanks for that. I will, um, obviously, I'll speak to you soon. But, yeah, thanks for your time. It was great following the race and, and to Ewan as well. Um, I'll speak to him separately. Um, I'm sure he'll be back. He'll want another crack, won't he? Yeah, he'll, he'll bounce back even stronger. So, Where can I point people to? Um, I'm not sure if you're on Instagram anymore. I couldn't find you, but nah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on Strava. Under the apart, apart just followed you on Strava. Yeah, apart from that, I don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gone under the radar. We'll keep it that way for now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah. Thanks again, and I will. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Cheers for having me. Thanks. Always, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.